Yeah, we got to get glass for Calder in there somewhere, too. Gretzky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by the wonderful Zach Mack. Dude, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. It's getting cold out. Uh, It's officially cold out. I know people are thinking about backyard ponds slash rinks. Did you have one of those growing up? I did, yeah. It was it was always the pond that backed up to our house, which was nice. Nice, yeah. Did you? So, getting excited about that. Did you have a uh, a local pond or one near your uh, house? I feel like there was a couple years where we had one or we tried to have one. I can't remember exactly, but I was at like friends' ponds and there was a local baseball field that they would turn into a rink too. If we ever had like a Puck Puck Pass headquarters, they sell those kits that are like, that make making your own rink like foolproof i think we'll have one of those set up and then buy fake ice in the summer i like we'll that really, idea yeah, yeah. We'll we'll always be ready to throw the skates on we'll get that over uh, we, <laughs> uh, we have a packed episode for you guys today uh it's kind of like pucks and brunch it's a you know middle of the day on saturday not our normal recording day but this is the busiest time of year for my work so as long as we can get two out I think we're both happy. It doesn't matter when we record. Uh, Let's jump right into player news. And we'll start with your Detroit Red Wings, which we rarely ever do. Uh, Robbie Fabry, in his first game as a Red Wing after being traded, scores two goals and helps them beat uh, the Red Hot Boston Bruins. That's got to feel good. Yeah, uh, I was kind of building this one up, obviously, with Jackson. I was like, hey, if the Wings win, what can I expect? You know, I was... Just kind of like poking the bear all day, and then they go and win. Uh, but it's like when when I see something like that with Fabry coming over scoring two goals, it's like how bad are we? Are you just you just come over here and you score two goals for us? It's just like, yeah, I mean, all it took was a former Blue to beat Boston again. So I guess <laughs> I guess if, if the Blues just start distributing players out to the rest of the league, more teams would beat Boston. Yeah, Boston would be uh, in trouble. I mean, maybe it's and I don't actually know how old is Robbie Fabry. He, I mean, maybe he becomes an offensive threat. He's only 23. So maybe this ends up being someone that the Red Wings keep around to help with the the rest of the young offense. I mean, because when I saw this trade happen, I didn't, I mean, you don't really care about these trades when they come across your phone. But it could be more positive than initially perceived that, you know. Yeah, I mean, as a Red Wing fan, you certainly hope so. But, uh Oh, he's Canadian, too. Nice. Of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so good for the Red Wings. That was uh, one of the more shocking wins of the season, I'd say. The, the Red Wings are officially in dead last uh, in the standings, which is unfortunate for them. Uh, but Steve Eisman, I mean, this is the first real Eisman move, I, I believe. Yeah, other than the, what, what did we talk about, the Blackhawks, the Red Wings trade, that was being Oh, but... Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I. Oh my God, that's right. Every score before Perlini. <laughs> I want you know, I, I as much as a fan as I am of the Red Wings, and I'd like to talk about them. But you're right; they're just they're so bad that there's I just don't want to. It just depresses me. Yeah, it is. T- I tweeted it the other day. Watching them on TV is. I mean, even Pete Blackburn, uh, CBS, he tweeted that he was going to sue NBC for putting the yeah. Red Wings on national TV. I saw that. Uh, that hurts. But but good win for them. Uh, moving on to good guy Sidney Crosby. He donated the car he won at the 2019 All-Star Game uh, to a Pittsburgh fan, a single mom, uh, five-year Army veteran. Name is Marissa. Uh, that's just, I mean, there's not really much to expand on, but good for him. It's nice, nice to see these guys get back. Hockey players are very charitable. They don't talk much, but there's all these guys. I mean, we're in Hockey Fights Cancer right now, and everyone's doing something to give back. It's nice to see stories like that for yeah. deserving people. You know, well. classy move by 87. Does he need the extra car? Probably not, but I'm not going to nitpick. I mean, it's a nice move. It's good good to see these guys doing that. 
Yeah. And I mean, I guess shout out to Honda for donating that car in the first place. The official I have a Honda. The official car of the NHL or whatever they say. Honda and Geico, like those commercials are gonna be <laughs> burned in, in the back of my eyes for the rest of my life, thanks to NBC. Uh Kyle Connor, great name. He scores one of the most gorgeous breakaway goals we've seen in a while. Other than overtime goals. He gets I don't know if it was the game winner, but it definitely helped uh propel Winnipeg to their fourth win in a row. Guys like Kyle Connor are the unsung heroes of winning streaks. And, and this is a former 30-goal scorer. It's nice to see him start to pick it up as the, the Jets start to find some offense. Yeah, I got a soft spot for the Jets. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I like Patrick Line. I don't know why, but it's good to see them picking it up. They're 5-4-1 and one over their last 10. Uh, so picking up some steam. They're still not uh, – they're way – they're in the bottom half of the standings, so not where they'd like to be, but a little glimmer they, of hope, I guess. Yeah, and they've, they've closed that goal differential gap. So I want to say they were minus 12 or minus like 17. No, not 17, like 14 maybe. Uh, and they're they're back up to minus four for the season. And I'm, you know, I'm sure it'll only get better if they can find some continued offense. Uh, but good for them. Good for Kyle Connor. We're not doing breaking news. We're not doing a uh, hashtag YGS this episode. So we can talk about the Miko Koskinen shutout of the Devils because I brought this up prior to the show. That's 29 safe shutout. That's a that's a good night. But it's also the Devils, so now we're almost expecting it against teams like that. When teams are as hot as the Oilers and as bad as the Devils, that's probably how it should go. Yeah, when we were going through the rundown, you asked if um, I had a YGS, and obviously this was the only <clears throat> candidate since our last episode. So I kind of looked at it that way. I was like, yeah, it's the Devils. I don't. I'm pretty sure we've already had a YGS where the Devils didn't score. I, I may be wrong, but it's just you're like, yeah, it's just, right. It, you're right. It's kind of the point where it's just like, yeah, I, there's going to be those games where the Devils don't score goals. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot more of them uh, for the Devils than most other teams. So I, now they're going to get, you know, if the Edmonton Oilers can get a couple decent goaltenders, you know, like I said, every episode I'm closer to having to cave in to this Oilers hype. <laughs> uh, and finally, two teams that you you honestly wouldn't believe it if I told you they had more injuries. Uh, but Chris Letang is week to week for the Penguins, and Nikita Zadorov out indefinitely for the Avalanche. I mean, these these teams are just getting decimated. We were just talking about Hornquist the week after we were talking about Malkin. Yeah. And it goes Landis Cog to McKinnon was out for a game. Now Zadorov's out. It's tough. It's just building it up for me to be to feel bad for the Penguins, and it, it's starting to work. And honestly, I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure how I feel about it. But we got this Crosby doing charitable work, and now here's the Penguins. They just keep getting decimated by injuries, and it do start to feel bad for them because it just feels like they're trying to stay afloat, which they're not doing a terrible job of. No, I mean, we'll talk we'll talk more about the rankings later in the episode. But for anyone that missed it a couple of days ago, the, I mean, the Penguins were down 3 to nothing in the third period and beat the Islanders to end the streak in overtime. That's such a great three. period, that third period to watch. It was it was incredible to watch and it reminds you they only have to be running on all cylinders with who they have that night. I mean, granted if another injury piles on top of Hornquist and Latang, then you're kind of dancing with the devil. But they're able to play with this next man up mentality, which is so much more of a football mentality, I think, and maybe basketball because they run a short bench. But you don't see it as much in hockey because there's so much transition from the AHL to the NHL. Anyone the, the Penguins are inserting into the lineup is, even if it's not on the stat sheet, is producing in some way, and they've been able to maintain a, a decent spot in the standings, uh, even handling you know Malkin and, and Hornquist going down. Yeah, I'm, the Avalanche. I don't know. I mean, we'll talk a lot about the Avalanche later, but I mean, I don't know what they're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, there's just they're dropping like flies over there. They're they're not. At least like the Penguins, you've seen some sort of rehabilitation. It guys, you know, Malkin coming back. It's just they're just dropping in Colorado and just they're not coming back yet. Well, I, and sorry, speaking of Colorado in player news, uh, 
your boy Jonas Don scored scored a hat trick this week, so we can talk about that too. Good for him. Was that in the monster like nine to four? Yeah. Oh my god, that was crazy. <laughs> nine to four in a professional hockey game. Yikes. Big yikes. Uh any other player news that we missed? Anything um, I itching at your crawl or whatever however they say it in the South? <laughs> Do they say that in the South? I don't know. Uh, no, I, I'm I'm good on player news for the time being, I believe. Okay. I'm sure something will happen as soon as we're done recording that we'll have wished was in player news. Uh, nightly news. Still no sound effect. It hasn't been awesome for our Golden Knights recently. And I was, I was talking to, to you about this before the episode. I'm, I'm starting to wonder if our expectations were so astronomically high that even when they play well, we don't fully notice it because their goaltending is still good right now. I was saying Marc-Andre Fleury is 9-3-1 with a 9-24 save percentage. It's it's games like uh, when they played the Leafs earlier this week, 2-1 to one in overtime. That That's not how the Knights – like, that's not the team we know. They're a high-flying, high-scoring team. Yeah, I – I, I know what you mean by like is our, do we not appreciate when they're playing well because they're they're five two and three in their last ten but it it feels like like you said they're underperforming um, the two to one of the Knights or the the Leafs not what you expect to see out of the Knights I mean I get it it's in Toronto it's across the country but it almost seems like yeah like you're just you we're not getting the production that we should be getting out of them even though they're still in the top 10 in the standings which is weird. Yeah it's because you know you talk about the 5 2 and 3 they've done well enough to get the loser point. I guess I yeah. mean you know we talked about it last episode briefly the Winnipeg game they blow the lead lose in overtime yeah you get a point so in their last three games they have two points or they have four points but they're 1 0 oh, and 2. So it's just kind of hard to judge where they're at when, you know, you beat Columbus two to one. That doesn't look great. And you only score one goal against the Leafs, you know, a team that's of the caliber of teams you're going to have to beat in the playoffs in the West. Yeah. And if we're looking at the West teams that are above us, it's Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, St. Louis. Obviously. Oh, a lot of scoring. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little worried about. Vancouver, I mean, obviously we'll get into the standings a little bit later, but if I'm looking for the Knights way up, I'm not, I think they jump a couple of those teams. Yeah. I mean, even with a, if a, with a win tonight, they, so they play the Capitals tonight and uh, we'll talk about what we're looking for in this game, but even with a win tonight, they move into a tie for fifth in the league, not in the conference or division or anything. And they're only behind Edmonton and St. Louis in the West at that point. So they're, the opportunity is there. They just need to – nine, five, and three is not what I expected No, from this team. No, me neither. And, and like you said, they play the Caps. But after that, they've got uh, Detroit, Chicago, and the Kings, which I know it's going to hurt a little bit of us. But those should, there should probably be three wins before a four-game homestand. It's, it's a chance to gain momentum – now, as opposed to, you know, having to wait till December, January yeah. to do it. it. It makes me wonder if this, this we've talked about they need the pressure and they know they're a playoff team and, you know, that's what their their goal is, It which is weird to say for a third-year franchise. Like, they shouldn't be that comfortable, but here we are. And – Maybe they're not a full 82 game team where it's they'll play consistently. You know, they'll have, you know, the Caps have 27 points in 17 games. That's not them. Vegas will go in on and win like 19 of 23 and just, you know, rack up 38 points in under 25 games. That's the type of team that I feel like it's moving towards where we know we're going to make the playoffs. Let's just rally enough to make sure we're the one or two in our in our division. Yeah, because you know, and then we're yeah, because they don't have like a like a dry McDavid or, or a Pasternak, Marchand, where 
they're just going to go on a hot streak for a couple weeks and mow through whoever's on their schedule. It's it's going to be like taking care of, you know, the wins that we should get. And like you touched on earlier, even if even if you just got to get that one point to get to overtime against tougher teams, uh, that that can really set you apart down the road. Yeah, I th- I think it'll be important, you know, especially the Pacific is shaping up kind of how, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but if we're being serious for a second, I had Vancouver high and I had Edmonton low. So Vancouver and Calgary are where I thought they'd be. San, San Jose we'll talk about is dropped down and Edmonton is the unexpected Pacific team up up there in the t- in the top 5 of the entire league. So they don't need to necessarily go out and beat these teams by 10 points in the standings, but they need to at least show that they can score more than one or two goals against the best of the best in the league, no matter the conference. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's what we have to, I think that's what they have to stress going forward. So it, which brings me back to tonight's game. I think one of the two teams, whether it's the Capitals or the Knights can make a statement. I tweeted this out. By the time you've heard this, you know, you've probably seen it already, the tweet already. But I think a statement can be made by one of these teams tonight. I just don't know which one. Yeah, I I mean, obviously, if the Capitals come out and they win like four or five to one, then putting my, you know, if I'm a Knights fan, I'm like, oh, oh, then like for all intents and purposes, it should be a high scoring game. That That's what I would expect. And if if one of the teams can't put up a high amount of goals, that that's the team I'm starting to worry about. Yeah. And I, or cause it's tough. If, if the Knights win that game, it doesn't change my opinion of Washington all that much, but if, if the Knights win three to nothing, three to one, even it tells me more about the Knights that, that it is one of those things where they just need, yeah, they just lost two to one to the Leafs. But a little more pressure. You're you're playing the number one team in the league, and you know one of the teams you have the most history with, considering your Stanley Cup run. Uh, I think it'd be a really good confidence boost for the Knights to to play well and get the win against Washington. Because playing well and losing five to four uh, just kind of reaffirms that Washington is just going to always be able to outscore people. Oh, Washington has sixty nine goals for on the season. Nice. Hey. <laughs> But yeah, that's a good point because Vegas, their last four games have been one goal games. And I'm sure that that has some sort of wear and tear on you, whether it's emotionally or whatnot. But you're right. If they can come out and, you know, win this three, nothing four one, something like that. That's, that's what you'd like to see. Yeah. The, the, the best way to describe what the Knights are going through right now is when you're, when you're playing video games and you constantly are getting put with people that are the exact same skill as you. And Vegas just doesn't like to sweat every single game. Like, they just don't put the effort in, it seems. And eventually, when they, they find themselves matched way too high or way too low, then they start to show out and, you know, remind everyone that, you know, Mark Stone, William Carlson, and Max Petretti are damn good hockey players. And they're also yeah. leading the team. In <laughs> but yeah, I, I, like- I hope they put it together. Yeah, yeah, we're we're dogging the Knights a little bit, but what we're we really want is we just want to see some some promising play, some energetic play going forward. It's it's honest criticism. We're not we're not mad. We're just disappointed. No. <laughs> uh, and we, I mean, I, we want the we want the Knights to do well, and they're, I mean, listen, they could be doing a lot worse, and that's why it, I, you know, I go back to our expectations. But you know, you expect this team to put up a lot more than. I mean, they're averaging three goals a game, but there are teams out here with 3.6, close to four. You know, you just you need to see it a little bit more often to feel that confident. I think that's it for nightly news. No. Oh, no, it's not. That's not it for nightly news. Oh, yeah. That's for Calder. How could we forget the youngin? This kid, he's pretty good. I mean, he's got. Really impressive stick skills, which speaks to his vision as well. Uh, and he knows where to put the puck and when to when to put it tape to tape. He's, I like this kid a lot. Yeah, we t- we touched on it on one of our very first nightly news, 
But it's just the confidence level that he plays with. He doesn't seem like he's lost on the ice. Doesn't seem like he's intimidated at all uh, by by uh, older, more experienced players. And I think that goes a long way in quickly maturing in the league. Yeah, it. That's a really. That's actually a really good point. He's never shown that the game's too fast for him. Actually, I think I mentioned that when we talked. When we did talk about it on nightly news before the game is just fine for him. He's not trying to catch up to anyone. It almost, when he's distributing the puck in the offensive zone, it looks like it's slowed down for him. And he knows exactly how hard to pass the puck or where to, you know, put it for the best rebound. He's maybe he's so smart that he's playing above his level right now, but when his skill catches his mentality on the ice, he's going to be a very scary player and could, he's definitely going to make a run for the Calder. Yeah, I think some of what has to do with him being so impressive is how under the radar he was. I mean, he was the first pick for the Knights uh, as a franchise, but, you know, didn't play right away. And I, because I, I want to compare, or I guess con- contrast would be a better word, uh, to Jack Eichel, who I thought had a lot of pressure when he came into the league. And I, I don't want to say Jack Eichel underperformed, yeah. but. He, he was almost overshadowed by other young guys. And I don't think Cody Glass had that. I think he, he was, you know, he just came in. He was like, he was the first pick, but everyone kind of forgot about it. I don't want to say forgot about him, but he was under the radar, came in, and now he's just opening eyes. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Eichel in, I mean, Eichel came out before the draft and said that he was the best player in the draft, which a lot of people held against him when he, clear, you know, when it was obvious that he wasn't the best player in the draft. He was still a very good player, and I was hard on him too. I'm sure there were tweets where I tear Jack Eichel apart. But you're right; the pressure was there, and some of it was self, you know, self-induced. But he's tur- and he's turned out to be a great player. He's a, one of the better five-on-five players in the league. Um, Cody Glass could get there pretty soon and still be flying under the radar. Yeah, that's why we got to get Glass for Calder trending. Hashtag Glass for Calder. Shout out Luke but, started know, that. Let's. Yeah, Luke. Yeah, Luke McGrath, fellow sports writer, um, hockey and golf aficionado. He uh, he started Glass for Calder. We're gonna we're gonna make sure the writers or GMs or whoever votes. On <laughs> we're gonna make sure they know. Uh, let's dive into. So we mentioned it when we were talking about player news and nightly news. The division or the conference standings, league standings, however we want to reference it. There's been some. Big shakeups in this. Like we reference certain teams, kind of when they've reached a certain win streak. I mean, we never really acknowledge the Islanders, but you know, we we notice when teams are on these long win streaks. But some of them have fallen off. Some some teams have jumped way up in the standings. Uh, so we're just kind of kind of free skate this and whatever you know teams that have caught our eye either right before the episode or as we record. Uh, so I'll toss it over to you. The scariest drop for you in the standings, like who who was dropped, and you were you are worried a lot about that team. I think it's obvious, but uh, yeah. So there's actually a couple. Um, well, quick shout out our Blackhawks uh-huh. or your Blackhawks and my Red Wings haven't moved at all, so I want to give them a quick shout out since we won't be touching on them. They're they're still still garbage. <laughs> but uh, for me, uh, the obvious one is the Colorado Avalanche. We had them at the top the last time we did our power rankings, our belly up power rankings. Um, <clears throat> They are points wise not even in the top ten, so falling out quite a bit. But obviously, we touched on their injuries, so I want to cut them a little bit of a slack there because um, obviously it's just a manpower type deal. Uh, the other one was the Anaheim Ducks, which we had kind of on our bubble. I don't think they actually cracked our top ten. We talked about them being like eleven or twelve. But if I'm a Ducks fan, don't like the direction we're headed down all the way in 18th in overall points you know, we're dropped below the Canadians at this point. Like what that that's gotta be disappointing. Yeah. The Canadians who just lost to the Flyers. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you bring up some great, were those your, your drop? Did you have another drop? No, no, no. Th- yeah. Those are my drops. Those are, did who, who surprised you as far as dropping off? Uh, I mean, the, the buff, Buffalo drop off has been noticeable. Uh, they stopped scoring as, as many goals. I mean, that's been one of the most obvious uh, reasons for it. They're on a three-game losing streak right now, which happens, and they can rebound, and 
you know, if they win two in a row, they're right back in the top 10 area. I mean, they're, they're 13th, but I had them high in the power rankings after their impressive start. And I'm not ready to abandon ship, but it is, it is worrisome to see a team drop that much. And this might not fall into the drop category, quote unquote, but Tampa not rising in the standings is still alarming to me. Yeah. Are, are you getting to a point, because I know how I feel and I'll share that in a second, but are you getting to a point where are you writing the lightning off yet? Or I'm are not... they just like a bubble team to you? Or is there a potential that they could still be back at the top? I think they'll probably end up as one as like the first Eastern wild card. They'll be ahead of the second wild card by a good amount of points, but won't really be able to catch their any of the three division uh, spots. I I just and I'm trying to as we look, Boston. Do you think if they're a wild card spot by the time the playoffs runs around, that that is better for them than the situation they're in last year? No, because I think if they're still a bubble team at that point, and, and they could turn it around and be one of the three divisional spots and be fine. But if if they're still a bubble team. I just don't think they're a very good team. I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning still had Tamp the Tampa Bay Lightning still have a negative goal differential. That's crazy to me. I mean, they're seven five and two. They're basically 500, 14 games in the season. Yes, they just beat the Sabers. You know who I was talked about. Yes, they're in Sweden, and they're you know a few games behind some of these teams. You you know they're they have one le- less point than Dallas, but have played three less games. So that's a factor, but I mean, they're, they're not impressive at all. What's your feeling on it? Cause I know you said you had your mind. Made up. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not totally sold on writing them off yet. I still think that they could be a good team. I mean, you bring up a lot of good points. They're not, the bottom line is they're not scoring enough. I mean, you brought up their goal differential, still negative, still not what you expect out of Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think it's top to bottom. I think, I mean, you still got Stamkos and Kucherov leading the way with points, but They've got to be putting the puck in the net a little bit more. But you've also got to look at, at people like uh, Kalorn or, or um, Gordy or Palat. Who have, I was going to say, does Andre Palat, like, is he injured? He's on my fantasy team. Oh. And no, he's not injured, but he's underperforming. It's driving me crazy. But that's what I'm saying. It's top to bottom on this offense. Tampa Bay has to score more goals. Or... Like you said, that we're just they're just gonna be a He's fraud. Got nine be, it's gonna come playoff time. And, games this yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I mean that's the depth it was always the, the best part about Tampa was yes, Kucherov and Stamkos were gonna score. Uh but the triplets line was one of the most fun lines in hockey. And they were always uh producing and the goaltending doesn't look you know, hasn't been great. There's a lot of and I don't want to make this the Tampa the Tampa segment of the podcast, but because they haven't really dropped, they're just kind of steadily in that twenty range, which Tampa fans can't be. Uh, and Kucherov should be suspended, by the way, for that low hit on uh, what's his fucking name? I really don't think so. I just hate that. I just hate that hit. And he's. I'll say this because I'm constantly apologizing for Brad Marchand. I would also want Marshan suspended for that due to constantly being, I mean, Kucherov has been pretty dirty the last few years. I think Jackson said it and he's not wrong, but it's mostly in the playoffs when it's most so important that it needs to be egregious to be a suspension. Yeah. I saw, I saw that Kucherov being a sneaky, dirty player later on Twitter a little bit. Um, I don't, I watched this replay and I just, my two cents on it is if you just watch Kucherov, like he does, he barely bends over. I don't think he bends his knees at all. Almost comes to a complete stop. I don't. I'll I don't give it, it a I don't few more watches. I'll give it a few more watches. I'll put my official verdicts on Twitter if I change my mind. But I just when when there's obviously a trend, that's just my mindset of let's just send a message. If you had to suspend someone to send a message, you did it with Tom Wilson. You suspended him for 20 games when they knew he only deserved 10, but they couldn't let him keep doing this. Uh, so, but anyway, so 
Kucherov needs they all need to perform better. And Kucherov looked like he was gonna score two hundred points last year. So Yeah. They'll figure it out. Uh what about your your rise in the standings? Who's really surprising you? So I mean overall standings wise, you got the St. Louis Blues uh second. Um I know you talked about Benning the Bennington fall off sophomore year. Um I don't know that he's you know, lights out like he was last year, but still I I thought the Blues were going to be a good team, but I didn't think that they were going to be like top of the league good team. So that that kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah, and Biddington's been way better uh, since I kind of called him out. He's back up to nine twenty, uh, eight eight two and three. It's a pretty good record through thirteen games, uh, which is good because Jake Allen's giving them garbage goaltending. Yet this. St. Louis team can put up goals when Jake Allen's in that because he's three to one or he's three and one. And uh, he has a 3.3 goals against and an 882 save percentage. So you got guys like Ryan O'Reilly with 17 points in 17 games. Braden Chen has 10 goals and you're getting three on nuns in overtime. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're right. And they're going to, I mean, they're going to stick around near the top. If, if that's going to be how they're going to play against a good teams. Any Anyone, other? No, no, no. Anyone snuck up there to you? I mean, I mentioned it before. I like that Vancouver got into the top 10. Um, and to be honest, I don't know where Nashville was before I, you know, started paying attention. But they're 10th in the league right now. And I know 20 points in 16 games isn't impressive. But I feel like they're starting to play. Granted, they just they lost last or two nights ago. But they're playing better than they looked early in the season. And I was like, oh, man, that Duch- like Duchesne's not going to work out the way they want. They're not going to find any continuity. And all of a sudden, Philip Forsberg remembers that he's a really good player and turns it on. And now Nashville uh, is pretty dangerous. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Nashville because they fly under my radar. Uh, I, I think it's part of the reason because it's like I just never – like if I get behind Nashville, they just disappoint all the time. And I'm never ready to label them a threat or someone to be worried about. But you're right. I mean, they've they're like ever so slowly floating towards the top because they. I don't even think they were in our discussion last time to be on the bubble. So I don't think we really talked about Nashville at all, yeah. other than the Roman Yossi contract. Yes, which is weird because they. I mean, they're not playing poorly. No, they're not, and. They're- they're plus 12 in goal differential, too. I got Pecorine as my goalie in fantasy. I love it. Collecting dubs. Oh, yeah. By the way, I have Chris Letang, who's out. Philip Grubauer, out. McKinnon missed a game. My fantasy team, um, after Landis Cog and Tarasenko went down, has been awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm really enjoying that league right now. Uh, no, I mean, I look at these standings. I see Nashville in there. The set the central division is surprisingly not so well represented in the top ten. I mean, St. Louis, we talked about, you know, work their I mean, they're on a six game win streak. So they've definitely propelled themselves up recently. Uh, and with Colorado's injuries dropping all the way down, the next central team is Winnipeg, <coughs> excuse me, 19th overall in the league. Who they've also Bumped up too. They found some offense and, and put it together, like we were talking about with Cal Connor. So, uh, it's it's just going to be interesting to see what teams. I mean, when you split it up into three segments, basically like the top, middle, and bottom, I don't see a lot of teams that I'm like, oh, they don't belong there. You know, like maybe maybe the Islanders' ten game win streak. You know, the Sabers did that last year. So maybe the Islanders are the top ten team that doesn't belong there. And yeah, I don't. Carolina, I don't wanna, Carolina's in the middle. Maybe they're better than. Yeah, I, I almost mentioned the Carolina drop because they were. We had them in our last top ten, but I don't want to snub Calgary either. Um, they're in the top ten, and they had a rough start to the season. I mean, they started two, three, and one, but six, three, and one over the last ten. They're on two game win streak. I know we mentioned a little bit earlier on in the season how maybe Calgary wasn't because they were a one seed last year. They're a top overall seed in the West. And maybe they they weren't going to be a powerhouse this year, but if they've turned it on lately, I think Calgary's something that uh, the West has got to keep their eye on. Yeah, and I think that 
that almost kind of makes my point is I expect Calgary to be there, I guess. Like their start to the season wasn't their start to the season was bad, but it it didn't look like that's who they were gonna be all year. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, and you get really good performances from, you know, Matthew Kachuk and they Calgary can play pretty angry, which makes for good hockey sometimes. Um I mean it's just it every time I look at the bottom of the NHL standings, I don't see any of these teams from the Rangers literally behind Tampa Bay at twenty two, so from twenty three to thirty one. I don't think any of these teams are ever going to find a way out of these holes. Yeah, and that I almost compared because I'm glad you brought that up. I almost compared the Lightning to the Sharks when I was asking if you're if you're willing to write them off yet. And is that like, are they just because we're we're writing the Sharks off? Am I wrong? Oh yeah, yeah. I've got uh, yeah. I mean, they have as many points as the Blackhawks in two more games. Yeah, they're minus seven. I guess. They've, I mean, they've won. They've won two in a row, and they have thirteen points. <laughs> it's. I mean, this is worse than I could have ever. Yeah, seen. and I guess they got three games on the Lightning, so I, w- I wouldn't be one to throw Lightning down there. Yeah, but if the Lightning lose a few games, then that's. But, I mean, if the Lightning lose a few games, they're at risk of falling behind the Rangers, Blue Jackets, and Blackhawks. I mean, there'd be Dallas. Uh, let's throw Dallas a little bit of credit. If we're just going to talk about teams that catch our eye, working their way up. Yeah, because they started out awful. They they were very bad, and they weren't scoring at all. They've gotten their goal differential now to just minus one instead of minus, like, 19, what, whatever it was. Um, yeah, they're 7-3 in their last 10. Four-game win streak for Dallas. I mean, they ran into a banged-up avalanche team. but Yeah, I mean, make, I mean, making the most of your opportunities – I guess is you know a big part of of showing who you are as a team, and you know while we're on the top the subject, Arizona's twelfth. I mean they, I mean they're six three and one in their last ten. They're plus nine. Their goaltending's been unreal. Have they given up the least amount of goals in the league? Hold on. Yeah, they're... no, they trail only the Islanders. The Islanders have given up thirty four goals in fifteen games. And the Coyotes have given up 37 and 16. That's pretty fucking interesting, I guess. I mean, Eric, how does Barry Trotz continue to get the best out of his goalies? I don't know. Just traded away Robin Lehner and just still least goals against. I mean, the Capitals are going to win the Stanley Cup, right? Um, I just feel like they're so fucking good. They, uh, they, I mean, I wouldn't write them off. I, I want to talk because if we're going to talk about contenders, Boston, are you worried about Boston? I know I wanted to not mention Boston this episode, but are you worried about them? Like, is Boston not going to get injured eventually at some point? I, and I, I, I haven't said this yet because I know what the backlash is going to be, but I'll say it here. And I guess it'll be my official prediction if that's how we want to do it. Uh, Boston is already peaking too early. I think we're on the verge, maybe not on the verge, but I don't think this is sustainable for them. They have a lot of really good young players, but I don't see Marchand Bergeron. Pasternak can keep it up. Uh Really, that's the only guy I think that's going to keep. And Tuca, Tuca and Pasternak are going to keep it up, but they're not going to be getting lights out goaltending from Halak every time he has to play. And they're playing so fast, so hard, so physical. They're winning so many games. They're on a two game losing streak, but they're winning so many games that they're just they're going to eventually fall apart. That's I'm I'm going to die on that hill this year. I think. <laughs> It's so funny because we've been so good about this season throwing praise Boston's way because they've deserved it. And now here we are. I'm on the same wavelength. I think Tuca is the only reason that makes me kind of worry about this take because he could very well just stand on his head all year and Boston will be – they'll be a great team if he can do that. But I, I, I tend to agree. Like I just think – I feel like it's a, the posture knock injury is inevitable. And we saw it with Colorado last year, where if you're just banking on 
two guys to score all your points, two, three guys to score all your points, it, you're, you're going to run into a rough patch eventually. Yeah, and, you know, not the, the underwhelm in the playoffs. I don't think – like nothing on the ice tells me that Boston is going to slow down anytime soon, which is why I have this take, which sounds asinine. <laughs> but I, I, I didn't think that we'd be here with them playing so well – I mean, amazingly well. It's shocking to me that they're not at the top of the league in points. Yeah. And granted, they like I said, they've lost two in a row. They're still six, two, and two in their last ten. And I, I can't wait to see what their next ten looks like. I don't want Boston to be bad. I don't, I don't hold that. I don't hold on to that as far as like disliking Boston. I won't hide that fact. Um, but I think they're a good team. I just, I think it was too much too early. And they're, it's going to come back to bite them. And I don't know why I think that, but I'm glad you agree somehow. Yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest. Hockey's better when Boston's good. <clears throat> I'm not going to – I won't hide behind that. So, this, yeah, let's just take it as a – we just we hope that this isn't the case for Boston. But look out because we've seen this story before. Recently. I, I And it's the same – I have – if we're going to link it, I have the same worry with Edmonton because I've been on this Edmonton train, but – Two guys scoring all your goals. The saving grace for Edmonton is that James Neal is also putting up close to <laughs> league-leading goals. And that's literally – i that's the only reason that they're at top of standings, I think. See, I th- it's funny because St. Louis taught us something last year. I'm not going to meme it, but we know what they did last year. So we have to hold – I mean, shit. We just buried the Sharks. Who knows where they'll be. January 3rd, <laughs> but, and, and beyond, but also Colorado taught us that Edmonton can't do that all season. That's why Colorado has, you know, like we t- we've talked about in the past, they, they added depth and they've got a better defense. And, yeah. They're going to fight through these injuries and be fine. Edmonton won't be able to fight through fatigue and win games. Right. And I, do, do you think Boston could? Um, no, better maybe, but I don't think they'd be able to, I mean, how many years can Patrice Bergeron play in the playoffs with a ruptured spleen? Yeah. Like Bergeron 100% seems like the guy who would die on the ice for hockey if it meant winning. Like I, I, he comes off as like the William Wallace of hockey players, but they, he can't keep putting his body through that. And and have Boston win. It just it doesn't work like that. Is is Washington the measuring stick for that? Because I feel like Washington has sustained success throughout the last. I don't know if you could call it a full decade, but a majority amount of a decade. And I feel like they've you know they they fight through suspensions, injuries. Are they the the poster child for battling adversity? I think they'd definitely be up there now that they've won a cup. I think they're up there. It's probably yeah, probably the team that's because you know every season it was you you know you got to blow it up, you got to find a, a way to beat Pittsburgh, you got to, and they beat Pittsburgh the same year that everyone said, oh well, I mean, great, you beat Pittsburgh, but there's no way you're beating Tampa. They beat Tampa, then it's if you lose to an expansion team in the Stanley Cup final, you're a joke of an organization, and you should trade Ovi, and they win the Stanley Cup, and now they're you know they they were good last year. The playoffs, that was a wild seven-game series against the Canes. Uh, but the Canes also went to the Eastern Conference Finals, so it could be worse. And uh, now here we are with Washington leading the league in points. I have a ton of goals, probably the most goals in the league. I can check that right now. They, Yeah, they have the most goals in the league. They're, yeah, I'd say the, the Washington Capitals are the – poster child for sustained success this decade yeah i but it was probably boston before i mean you mentioned bergeron playing through injuries before washington it had to be chicago boston i mean i mean la yeah boston chicago's we so i think that's it for standings but i do want to mention something i said in our hockey group chat yesterday so zach's a red wings fan obviously jackson that we work with is a boston fan and I'm a Chicago fan. Right now, obviously, Boston's good, and the Red Wings and Blackhawks are dog shit. 
But six, seven years ago, if we all wrote together for the same company and we're interacting daily, we'd be at each other's throats because those were three powerhouses. And all good teams, all winning. I mean, the Red Wings won the Cup in 08, but they were definitely a threat. In the, I mean, they bossed or Chicago down three to one in the playoffs in 2013. I mean, it would have been a lot of fun to see all of us with good teams going at each other. I can't imagine what this show would look like. This show would be it'd be the Blackhawks and Red Wings podcast. That's all it would be. Just <laughs> it turned into a pissing contest. We would just have like six segments that are all argument based segments. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, yeah. But we'll you know, we'll keep an eye. We'll do these standings updates from time to time. Uh they're fun to do. It's I mean it's lighthearted, which obviously we like to keep most things that way. Um and it's just interesting to to keep track of these teams. So right now Washington, St. Louis, Boston, Edmonton, New York Islanders is your top five. I'm guessing three of those teams are in the top five the next time we do this. But we'll just we'll just have to wait and find out. Uh, we'll re-listen to this episode a month from now before we do that. Uh, we had some fun questions on Twitter though this week. Oh yes, that we can get to before we uh, before we get out of here. We. So we're going to start doing a question of the week instead of listener questions. Um, as well as because listener one, questions. I, as, I mean, if you have questions, always send them to us. Always send us your questions. But I know a lot of people, my wife included, doesn't want to ask a stupid question and get made fun of. And um, we're informing these people, so they don't have a lot of questions. Yeah, that's true. We're yeah, we're yeah, Thank you for all the Twitter love the last few days. We've been going hard on the Puck Puck Pass Twitter, and it's been a lot of fun interacting with everyone but uh do you want to start with the the only listener question then we'll dive into the question of the week oh uh, do you have it in front of you i don't, I don't have it i have it yeah i have both, in, both yeah. in front of me so uh we sent out our listener questions tweet and uh t underscore farley underscore three asks should nascar adopt hockey style rules for driver fights to keep pit crews out of the tilly i fully <laughs> expected belly up zach mac to be for this one oh for for reference for anyone that doesn't know there are a good amount of fights in NASCAR normally in the pit lane uh or behind the wall just mostly after races you know someone spun something out everything and what normally ends up happening is both pit crews come together they break it up before it's ever really a fight but pit crew members can also be suspended for races like they're very much a part of the NASCAR infrastructure, I should say, and they're subject to disciplinary action. So, do you think, Zach Mack, if they're gonna, and NASCAR doesn't have the same fighting rules, obviously, they don't want anyone fighting, but if it's attracting people to their sport, because NASCAR has a tendency to struggle sometimes, I mean, just section off the one of the pit lanes, keep the, the teams to the side. If these guys are going to throw hands, I guess we just have to let them do it without interference. Yeah, for the record, if any sport wants to adapt anything hockey-related, anything, I'm going to be for it. Except our playoff format. Yeah. <laughs> Zing. Um, yeah, I – well, here's – it's tricky because – It's tricky. You mentioned if it brings fans to the sport, but – and I know you're on the side of the fence that fighting shouldn't bring fans to hockey. But <laughs> I personally would love to see drivers throw hands. I don't know. I mean, I say we get demolition derby cars for them and let them do it that way. Just like on, on the infield? Yeah. I'd be for that. I mean, half, half the fans in the stands already would buy the extra ticket, say, hey, we're going to do a demolition derby present your race ticket for and for an extra $10 you can watch the demolition derby. So when is that? Is that like after the race and any any drivers that want to duke it out they go there? Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's after the race and and you make it known so people can plan for it, you know, and extend it as part of your day. But I also think you have to drop the length of the race a little bit too. Like the you couldn't do it for like the Daytona 500, but if a race is normally 250 miles, maybe it's 200. And then you have the demolition derby afterwards. <laughs> I love this idea. We okay, so <laughs> we're 
All right, we're so far off track. Uh, hockey, hockey rules. <laughs> yes, uh, you know what? Let the drivers duke it out. You could even give them a pair of hockey gloves and a hockey helmet. Actually, that's locker boxing. Their current helmet might be better. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm f- that's locker. But okay, short answer is yes. I you're right. I'm fully on board with adopting hockey style rules. I don't know how. Like, could you have? I guess there's not really bench clearing brawls in hockey. I mean, the idea is there. It's it's putting it in the place that would be difficult. Yeah, I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to make it logically work, and I can't. I can't picture, but I'm all for it. I'm on the board. They just need to be quicker with the red flag, and then the fighters can fight on the track before anyone can get to them. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like a fight behind the play. See, we're, we just revolutionized NASCAR. Yeah, I like this. Check out Chairgating on the Belly of Podcast Network. Yes. We will be bringing our idea to them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if they could do it in, you know, like I said before on the podcast, I grew up watching NASCAR and uh, can't say I'm consistently watching it nowadays. But if I thought Kyle Busch was going to fight someone or Demolition Derby them, I'd probably yeah, turn absolutely. it Yeah, absolutely. Um, as for our question of the week, uh, even if you're only a hockey fan, you've had to have seen what, uh, or the whole AB Antonio Brown saga in the NFL. So we tweeted out, is there a hockey version of AB? Uh, we got some responses. Uh, Mike Brown, our fearless leader said the football one is enough. Stay tuned. Sports podcast said, Yager definitely isn't Yager. That dude doesn't have retire in his vocabulary. <laughs> that's funny. I like that one. Which, yeah, which is a hilarious answer because that's <laughs> the retirement part of the AB saga is such a minor part to me. And, <laughs> and that's like the focal point of that. And it, it makes sense. Um, funny detail. Intimidator 21 said that Crum Marshan licking other players qualifies him as a lunatic. Um. I can see that, but I also, and maybe this is me being too sensitive or millennial or something. Um, I'm not a big fan of the, like, obviously AB is crazy. And I like, he definitely needs help. I, I think we can all agree on that. I'm not a huge, like, look at this idiot going on being crazy because clearly his, his brain went through a blender or something. This, I mean, I've just never seen anything like this. And it is like night and day, like, like two hours go by. It's night and day. Yeah. Um, You're not me. Seven one five says Josh Ho Sang. I mean, he said J A J H S, which Josh Ho Sang really isn't popular enough to know him by his initials. But it was Josh Ho Sang. Uh, for those that don't know, there's a reason. Uh, I guess he was just kind of a dickhead all the time. I don't even know if he's still in the Islanders organization <laughs> or what happened, but you know, he wanted to wear 66 and people threw a fit about that, which I thought was ridiculous. Like 66 isn't retired. Who he's paying homage to Lemieux. Just shut up about that. But uh he he's probably the best case for in in recent history the AB of the NHL or AHL really. Josh Hosang. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Um, but you, your answer interested me the most. And uh, if you want to take a minute to expand on it, you said the NHL needs one more than it wants to admit. And by one, you mean a version of AB. Uh, and it it was surprising to me because hockey fans pride themselves on having the no drama, the, you know, which ho- – Hockey fans seem to think like no NHL players have ever gotten like a DUI or been caught at a club, but they do. And it happens. It just flies under the radar because not enough people are paying attention to hockey. So you think a player that can, a polarizing player that can capture social media, like AB is good for hockey. Yeah. That, that, and that was the exact point I was trying to make was the social media part of it where, and there are, there are hockey players that are, on social media, active on Twitter. But I just mean like speaking your mind, like we, if, and maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just naive and just every locker room is 
unicorns and rainbows. But it, it's tough. It's it's a thin line because you don't want to. Obviously, you don't want to see somebody slandering the league that is giving them an opportunity, and that's that's not the part of AB that I think the NHL needs. I I, I just think it's more of the interaction with the fans sort of using social media as an avenue to speak to fans uh, just about, you know, what's going on. Uh, and it's, I can't stress enough how thin of a line it is that you have to walk. And I don't know that yeah. he's doing it right, but I think you get what I mean. Oh, I, I understand what you mean. Cause when I think of our version and I say our, I mean like the hockey community, I kind of see Evander Kane as a B and Yes, that, that's a good. That's a good mostly one. for the negativity or the negative stories that come out about him, like owing a casino half a million dollars, and allegedly, allegedly, like threatening a woman to get an abortion and things like that. Like that's the type of stuff that is the negative media attention that AB garners. Evander Kane also gets that, and it is, it is still difficult to be a black hockey player today. And I, I can't relate to that, obviously, but the stories are there. So I'm I'm not giving him a pass for being a piece of garbage like he's been in the past, but he also gets a little bit more attention every time he does something bad because it's an old white man's league. Yeah, I and so it feels like something like that, if Evander Kane went on social media and was like, these allegations are bullshit, blah, 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 and goes on a rant, does it? Look good on Evander Kane, probably not. The sh- the the Sharks, probably not. But and that's why I hashtagged the NHL is because secretly that helps. I mean, any press any press is good press. Secretly that helps the NHL. I mean, we were just we were on Sound Off the other day. Uh, go check it out, Belly Up Sound Off. And impromptu, Mike brought up hockey, and the only thing that Mark knew of like current events, he said Evander Kane. Something about him being sued, something, something, is the way he put it. And so it's like, these these are the things that are catching the eye of casual fans. And if Evander Kane... Was, or non-fans. Right, right, right. And, you know, if Evander Kane gets sucked into it and goes back and forth, you know, maybe it's not the best look for him, but it's it's probably putting the NHL in, the, in a lot more people's mouths. Yeah, I mean... I guess you're right. He doesn't want to admit point. that. I mean, that's, why, that's what I meant by we, when I tweeted. Yeah, we talked about it the other day, and you know we could do a whole episode on it, but you said, what is the worst thing the NHL does? And my first thing was marketing. Yeah. So not that Evander Kane is marketing when he gets in trouble, but he's in the press. And it's negative, but it's Yeah, press. free marketing for the NHL. Exactly. Uh, did we miss anything? I don't think so. I think we nailed everything. I think we, I think we got it. Um, listen, after the new year, when hockey really kicks in the full gear, my schedule gets better, and we'll have days, specific days for both episodes. Uh, but right now, we're getting the episodes out whenever we can. You guys are listening. That's awesome. Again, we can't thank you guys enough for checking these episodes out. Um, we've got potential sponsors in the mix. A lot of great things are happening for Puck Puck Pass, and we couldn't do it without you guys. So we appreciate you listening every single week, and the Twitter engagement is fantastic. Uh, I mean, I might just delete my Twitter and just and just run Puck Puck Pass with Maria because I don't I don't I don't know where she gets these poll ideas, but maybe she should. She looks like she's looking for a new job anyway. <laughs> um, listen, guys, HockeyWorld.com is the only place to buy your hockey gear, equipment, accessories, everything. They have weekly deal every single week. They have a new deal going on. And this week, let me make sure I say this right because I was wrong last time. Gloves, Warrior Pro Series hockey pants, and Warrior Team jackets are all on clearance right now. $80 zip up. Go get it on HockeyWorld.com for $25. Zach, if you're trying to refresh your Adidas Las Vegas Golden Knights t-shirt. How did you know? $15. Wow. So, and even, you know, if you've got kids and you're trying to play mini sticks, find it at HockeyWorld.com. Prani's Hockey World, 
continues to support this dumb podcast and we appreciate it at belly up podcasts on twitter uh for all the latest and greatest from our network zach i know i will talk to you soon but it was a pleasure doing business with you today oh the pleasure was all mine these episodes are flying by uh, we wish the best of luck to the Avalanche and Penguins as they continue to battle injuries. And we will probably have an update next time we're on. Uh, for Twitterless Maria, for at BellyUpZachMac, this was at PuckPuckPassPod, and I am at BellyUpKJ. We will talk to you guys next week. Go Gophers. We saw no light. We saw no signal. Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at BellyUpZachMac, and at Puck Puck Pass Pop.